On today's episode, working with agencies is a great way to fill your client pipeline on a regular basis, but if an agency is going to white-label your services or hire you as a subcontractor, how does the money work? Who gets what, how much, and when? These are the types of questions Nathan is asking himself as he grows his business. He's got a few partnerships in the works, but he's not sure how to set up the money side of it, and so naturally, Clay and I have a few ideas for him to try. Plus, we talk about how much to charge in your particular market and more. It's all in this episode of Free Lance to founder. Let's go. I'm Preston and I'm Clay and this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't for YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the Month month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me or more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store, and while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air today is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. What's up, Preston? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. And we are chatting (laughs) with our new friend, Nathan, who is in Australia. He's up early in the morning to chat with us today. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Hey there. We're excited to have you. Why don't you uh, start off by telling the listeners and us a little bit more about your business? What are you working on? Well, um, over the last uh, month, I have decided to launch a uh, agency called Web Astro. Um, I was previously just operating as a freelancer under Engelion Online, but um, after listening to you guys' podcast, I thought it might be a little bit of a time for a change. So I've been sitting on this project for about a year now, and I wanted to make something a little bit more commercial and a little bit more accessible. What what is the name again? Web Astro. What's your URL and people can check it out. We can look at Uh, it as well. So that is webastro.co. Cool. And then you were under what? Was it just your name? No, it was under angelion.online. Okay, Web Astro sounds really cool. Yeah, webastro.co. Yeah. And it's it's definitely easier. Like, you don't have to tell someone yeah. how to spell it. Yeah, don't I was have gonna to ask, spell it out. Yeah, I was going to ask how do you spell that, but I was like, yeah. you know, it doesn't even matter because wh- I know how to spell Web Astro. Very yeah, cool exactly, website. Exactly. Very cool website. Looks really nice. Awesome. We get to see a, a picture of you here while we chat, so that's good. Good man. I mean, this is this is legit. I'm curious. Like, what what did you hear from our show that made that that sort of sparked or or gave you the last push? I guess to make this happen. You said it's been in the works for a while. I'm just curious. Like, like what about the show motivated you to to finally take that next step and launch a, an agency? Well, it's uh, just a part of your intro, really, trying to move away from that feast famine sort of lifestyle and mm. try and create something a bit more sustainable. So. Um, really just moving towards trying to get more retainer clients, uh, work on getting monthly income through web design and content creation. So setting those sorts of things up because a lot of my previous work has generally been through, uh, logos and, Mm. um, print design and that sort of thing. So just trying to change things up a bit. Yeah. Okay. So, so previously you've done logos and print design, and what are you hoping to do now with Web Astro? Uh, yeah. So, uh, web design, branding, and content creation. Okay. Yep. And I see then, that right on your services page. Cool. And so, why why leaving the print design and the logo design behind? Oh man! Um, if you scroll down on the on the on the services page, there's like I offer like I don't know twenty something oh, services. It's it's utterly okay. ridiculous. So I'm really so your print and logo them. actually still falls under branding, yeah. Of course, so you haven't left it behind. You're, you're still no, no, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, because it's a little bit more inclusive than just um, making a uh, logo there. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, definitely been um, a bit of a journey. So uh, I uh, actually gave you guys the wrong email originally because I actually had uh, webastro.com.au, and I hadn't actually even made this website or anything yet. So. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy month. Yeah, it must. I mean, it's an incredibly well put together website. What did you use to build it? Have you built it from scratch? Have you built it on a platform? 
Yeah, I just built it on WordPress with like uh, the Divi Builder and just uh, made all my own custom graphics and everything. Yeah, wow. That's a lot of work and it looks really, really fantastic. You auto listeners, uh, you're not getting the same visual treat we are uh, as we look at the website, but it's really well put together. So kudos to you. That's Wait, some... you, did the, you did this on Divi Builder? Yeah, dude. It's advanced. That is advanced Divi work. That, that's, I'm telling you right now, that that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, so I used a whole suite of different plugins. So I used Divi Builder and Divi Pixel. Yeah. And um, Divi Pixel adds a lot of extra little bits of fun functionality to kind of flesh it out a bit. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I like uh, you guys can't see it, but I like this like all oh, this little uh, where I can mess around with the constellations. Yeah, that's fun. Eh? If you yeah. click, you can like they pop out and then you can actually push them into the border and then they reappear on the other side. Like a game. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Wow. There's a way to increase your average time spent on a website yeah. on your Google Analytics. Anyways, yeah, there you go. go. Ahead. We're getting sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's a, no, it's a good, it's a good looking I'm website. Admi- I'm admiring it. Out to and you, be and you know what? Like yeah. some, sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, we see a great looking website and, and it's like, this thing is not going to convert. You know, the copy is not there. The layout's not there. The call to action is not there. You've actually got a lot of this nailed down. I mean, you know, I could argue maybe some headline work on your main headline, but but like you've got a start here button, top top front, you've got your services clearly laid out, learn more buttons on all of them. You've got your picture, it looks great. I mean, there's a there's a button under each section, there's a our process, and then it says let's begin. You've got testimonials. I mean, you've really thought through not just not just a great design, which it is a, a great design and fun and engaging and interactive, but you've also thought through like what I would call the marketing pieces of it, right? The the pieces that actually matter more than how it looks, um, in my mind, and and you've you've nailed those too. So yeah, I yep. I mean, really great, uh, really great example. If anyone wants to go take a look, webastro.co, and we'll mm-hmm. be sure to link to that in the show notes as well. Let's talk a little bit about where your business is headed, Nathan. Um, as as most of our listeners know, when we have a guest like you come on for a coaching call, we ask you to fill out this short questionnaire. And one of the very first things we ask is, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, where would you rate yourself currently, right? And um, in that questionnaire, you put that currently you're a, a freelancer, you're at a 1, but you'd like your business to be at a five. So maybe closer to a founder, have some processes in place, um, have some systems, maybe some repeat clients, recurring revenue, things like that. But why don't you paint a picture for us? Let's say a year from now, um, in, a, in a perfect world scenario, dream scenario for you, Nathan, what a year from now, what does Web Astro look like as a company? Um, I think one of the things that would be really great is to have a little team working together to do some of these projects. So um, particularly when it comes to the services, um, I've adopted a similar pattern to you, Clay, in wanting to do the no upfront cost on the website itself and just have it span over a year. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, it's a fan. Finally, model, somebody model. that comes on here that's like actually going to want to do it <laughs> oh dude it's it's awesome and um i've just included um hosting and maintenance as a part of that package and um yeah so i've i've got some questions about that later but 
Um, yeah, it's it's something that I'd love to um, outsource all of the maintenance side of things. So then I don't have to, once I've done the website, I don't have to essentially touch it again. And then the client can like interface with um, whoever we've got on board the team. Um, I have, uh, I've, I'm just uh, partnering with a mate um, to do all the video- videography and photography side of things. Um, I've uh, also jumped on board with uh, your idea of going to local networking events and all of that sort of stuff. So I went to a chamber and met up with somebody that does content creation and copywriting. Like, nice. So um, they're going to be... What part of Australia are you in? Uh, North Queensland. Where <laughs> I could say... You say that, but I have to like go Google that. Where is that <laughs> in relation to the island? <laughs> like, uh, is that so like, it's near the reef, the Great Barrier Reef. Okay, up again, north, up north, <laughs> north. Where in you? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> is it is it on the east side or the, like the central or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. East, east. Okay, okay. I was, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Anyways, continue, yeah, please. <laughs> so, uh, got a, a. It's a pretty small town. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Is it near Brisbane or no? Further, further. Further. Okay. It's really quite, quite remote up there. So I'm in Townsville. So it's, uh, yeah, pretty far away from a lot of things. But okay. how many people? 180,000, I think. Something like well, that. That's plenty of people. That's, yeah, that's a good size. Do you, yeah. do you work a lot with local clients or uh, not or do at you the moment? Work- What's no, that? I work no. Um, online a lot. So a lot of yeah. my clients are in Sydney um, hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, so somewhat local. I mean, same same time zone. Uh, same continent. Same continent. Yeah, same, same island. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, okay. So I'm hearing a lot of like, um, words like outsourcing, recurring revenue, um, putting systems in place. And I really love that you've come to the show having listened to, I can tell, a number of episodes and, and sort of painting this picture of where you want to be headed. Because sometimes we'll have someone come on and, and they'll ask us these very basic questions, and, and which is fine. We're happy to help however we can. But what I love is that you have the foundation of some of the things we've already talked about in previous episodes. So now I feel like maybe we can talk about some more advanced things maybe we haven't talked about before or we can even just dive deeper into stuff that we haven't had a chance to dive deeper into i guess the real question is nathan from here to take the conversation um what's like what what are you seeing as some hurdles or some big questions that you have as you uh, project over the next 12 months okay here's where i want to be but this this and this are standing in my way paint us a picture and let's see if we can't tackle some of those questions for you um Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. 
Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. It's hard to say really what are some of those things that I'm going to be bumping into until I kind of bump into. But some of the stuff that is come up at the moment is that I have um, found a couple of different people that are really keen to work with me um, and uh, they don't want to employ me and they don't necessarily want to have me as like a contractor because it's kind of like a part of their team. So it kind of really seems like a white label service. So I kind of mm. come into their business as kind of looking like I am a part of their team, but just essentially filling out a whole section mm. of their service. So are they um, agencies? Uh, kind of, yeah. So there's a print company in Sydney that I'm uh, good friends with, lovely people, and um, just wanting to expand their business so then it doesn't just include print. Well, they do a lot more than print, but um, yeah, so then it includes more web stuff and marketing stuff as well. So, And are, are they wanting you to interface with their clients as well? Or, no. or So when you say they want to white label you, what, what does that look like? Um, well, it's more my words. I'm not exactly sure of the terminology around yeah. that. So it's like I would come in and do all of the like setting up an infrastructure for them to be able to onboard clients to getting websites through them and set up packages with them. And they would invoice the clients. Um, they would, uh, it's essentially, they would do, do all the, the client work and they just hand me the jobs and I hand them the bill. Got it. So, so this is really just like a subcontractor. I mean, is there something I'm missing there? It, feel, it sounds like it's just like a subcontractor. Essentially they, they work as the as the point between the you know they they interface with the client. You never really see the client. Um, you do the work, and they mark up your cost by fifty percent or whatever, and take the profit for for managing the process. Yeah, totally. It's kind of like that, but except okay. I'm also handing over all the ability and systems to be able to replicate it in the future. Um, to replicate 
uh, like, get, uh, like making making websites and setting up like systems and all that sort of stuff. Maybe that is just what a s- subcontractor it is, and I'm just setting kidding. it up for them to be able to do without you. Without you, yeah, that's yeah, in a way, yeah. Dude, so I it's hope... a one time it's a one time gig for you. No, no, yeah. it's a continual, continual. So continual. like, I'm going to be working with them over a longer period of time, but I guess I'm not understanding that. So, so like, can you give us maybe some concrete and a concrete idea of like what would you be setting up for them? That then they would use perpetually. So um, uh, I'm going to be setting up uh, like how they would receive a client, how they would uh, process all the information to then be able to be used in creating a website, creating all of the, like, the set standard operating procedures for okay, setting okay. up the website and oh, then okay. setting up the website. So you're going to be working on like onboarding documents client questionnaires which meetings to have when how long it should take based on their needs all of yeah, those kinds all of processes of that sort of stuff yeah oh, okay okay and then is there is there a vision that then you come in that that piece does feel like a, a one time setup right and maybe it lasts a year but but you come in and you set that up and you get it going very smoothly is there a vision then to bring on two or three other nathans who follow this process that you've set up um, I haven't you, I haven't asked actually, but yeah, but yeah. I'll be doing all of the websites as well. Yeah. So I'd be building the websites for yeah. the clients that they then onboard. Yeah, the risk the risk is right, like you go in and you set up all this stuff for them and then they have all these great processes in place and they undercut you and go find someone who charges half as much as you do because mm. they have now your professional processes uh and they they think, oh, I, we can maybe find a cheaper actual web designer or someone, and then they yeah. cut you out of the picture. And so by not keeping any of that proprietary to your business, right? Um, so I would just I would just consider in your in your agreement or even in your process, <clears throat> your processes, how can I give them as much value without um uh making myself dispensable, right? Removable from the process and from the from the relationship. Yeah, right. Clay, I don't know are if you, you have more. Are to you to charging? That. Are you charging um, for all that setup and all that stuff, or or you just charging for the website builds? Um, I haven't even thought about charging for all of this setup stuff. So, oh yeah, no, you. Yeah, you need to. This is this is a. If, if I if you keep doing this, I promise you, it's inevitable. You're just it's gonna it's gonna happen. What Preston just described. Someone's going to do that. Um, yeah, right. So I think it's okay that you go and you set up all these these processes and all that stuff. I, I think it just needs to be talked about on the front end. And I also think there needs to be compensation for that. Right. Otherwise, you're doing a whole bunch of... I think you're just setting yourself up. Hmm. Yeah, I... I um I think you know as you look at service providers right which this is what we are we provide services um unfortunately in many cases and for many clients uh service providers feel like um a commodity like there's a million of us and in their mind you know most of us do kind of close to the same caliber of work and so it becomes a game of like who's the cheapest, who's the most affordable, but still delivers a great product. 
And what often sets us apart as service providers is, is the other piece of how we run our business, right? The onboarding, the client communication, the, um, the like how Clay sort of etched out these, these differentiators like no upfront cost to a website, unlimited monthly updates, things like that. Those are all differentiators where if people are looking at two web designers and one of them you pay 10 grand up front for a website and you get no updates without another charge. And then they look at clay and you get, you know, at the time, what, 200 bucks a month or something, no upfront fee and unlimited changes, then they're going to take clay's offer. And that's why clay's clay's business blew up when he launched that offer because, because they weren't looking like at his talent or they were to an extent, but, but they're saying like there's thousands of web designers that are as talented as clay but his offering was better. His process, his business, his system is better. Um, and so I'd be really hesitant to give that away to another business and let them use processes you ideate and come up with and you know onboarding documents and whatever that you come up with that could potentially set you apart. I, I don't know. That, that to me, there's, there's some hesitation there because that becomes then part of your product, not just a website but this whole process. Yeah, I've done it before. Um, I think, I think it's just a simple question of like, whenever somebody you're talking to somebody and they're talking to you about like, Hey, like we want to white label you or subcontract you, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. But I think the question is, Oh, okay. Are, Are you wanting to hire me for, you know, ongoing web builds or are you also, are you looking at me to help, build out your, your internal systems, depending on how that, that answer, that question is answered, then you can charge accordingly. Like, okay, if they say we need help with our internal systems, blah, blah, blah. Be, now you say, okay, well, I can help you do that. Um, it's an extra $5,000 or however much you want to charge to do that. And then here's my, here's what I charge for fee for websites to be able to do that for you. Yeah. Um, I've done that before. I've, I, I've had a web agency, hire me straight up just for one day um, to help them build out their own internal web team. It was literally for a day and I I just charged them $5,000 for it. See, and I think you could charge way more for something like that. If they, Mm -hmm. if like, if there's an agency and let's say they're doing all this non-web stuff and they want to build a web design arm on their agency, that is worth so much money and perpetuity for them. For sure. Um, you know, I, depending on your relationship with them, you could risk asking for a percentage of their web business over the next two years. You could. I get messy you know, though. It, well, it, it for sure does, but but like, I just think you're. I just think you're giving so much away by going in and building their business for a one-time fee. Well, part of the uh, the thought was is that I would be charging, like I would charge them. Uh, like uh, the cost of the website and I would keep, I don't know whether this even sounds good or not. Like I would, I would be doing 80, I would keep 80% and they would keep 20% like of the cost of the website. So it's, I felt like it was like them just onboarding clients. And this is, I guess, a part of the other question of like, how much should they be like, what sort of percentage should I be working out and how to kind of navigate that side of things, because in a way, it, it's kind of like I am keeping eighty percent of the web business. But are you saying like 
after I leave, then I still keep a certain portion of the web business. Oh, I was, yeah, I was saying if they are going to use your processes, then you would get a cut in, in perpetuity or for, you know, for a couple of years or something um, off of those processes, processes that you build for them, whether they, whether they use you as the web designer or not. I guess my biggest fear is you go and you set up this whole giant process, you get paid three or $5,000 to do it once, and then they start hiring other web designers to use your process and you get cut out of the loop. If that's not a risk, if you don't sense that that's a risk, um, then, you know, maybe you don't have to worry about it. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see it as a risk, but at the same time, you wouldn't want to put yourself in a circumstance, a circumstance where it could be a risk. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going like, to be thinking about that. And yeah, um, or or maybe maybe when when you agree to set up the processes or whatever you're setting up for them, maybe that just comes with like a two year contract, right? And then you're you're going to be their sole web design provider, or you know, do a certain number of projects or something over the course of two years. I just think you want to make. See, that I, sounds so messy to me. That sounds so messy to me. Why do you say that? I don't. Well, because it it just gets like now you have to keep track of. Um, this is almost like a profit share slash. This is almost okay, like okay, a okay but cut out cut out the profit share thing though. If yeah. you just said I you you can only hire me to do web design work over the next two years, is that too messy too? Uh, no. I and I gets kind of I don't know. I think it gets kind of messy whenever you're talking about percentages. And here's why, because um, they are the ones that are selling it, not you. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's, there's so many different variables that come into play um, when, uh, okay, let's just say me, I, let's just say I'm an agency and I'm talking to you, Nathan, and I say, Hey, I, I want to hire you to do all our websites, right? Um, regardless of setting our systems or, you know, whatever. Today, if I sell my websites for $300 a month, right, over a two-year contract, we sure, we can, we can, we can, uh, you know, we can, uh, what am I trying to say? Set up an agreement where you get a percentage. But like, what if I raise my fees? which I have in my agency, I think over the span of four years, my first agency, we raised our fees like seven times. That sounds like a logistical nightmare to keep track of. As far as like how much I need to pay Nathan on which website, what percentage, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're saying as the agency owner, it sounds like a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Because like the more, because like, costs go up as as, no, as an agency sure. grows right it's like i gotta hire more people we gotta get an office we gotta get a second office therefore we gotta raise our fees now i gotta keep track of how much i gotta pay i don't know i'm thinking of it from a from an agency perspective mm-hmm. i would never pay a, a a web designer a percentage unless unless they are um unless i do some sort of equity share yeah. that's the only way i would do it that now that's me personally i'm not saying i'm not speaking for every other agency out there 
So I think you're, I think this is good because I think you're addressing maybe a second, the second question. So, so now if we move out of this idea of like, I think let's, let's, let's put a pin in this uh, or wrap up this, uh, this idea of like the setup fee. I think we've talked about a couple options there. So the first option is you just go in, you do it for a flat fee and you don't worry about what might happen in the future. Another option might be you go in and you set it up with, with the understanding that you're going to be their only web guy or their first web guy contact or whatever for a certain amount of time. Somehow you got to figure out how that, how that looks in your business. What I think Clay is talking about here is now the second question where you said, should I, you know, should I do like an 80 20 split or what should it look like? And I agree with you, Clay. I actually think Nathan, you should have your rates that you just charge the agency and the agency has their rates that they charge the client. And it's not a split. It's like, Nathan charges this and we can choose to like, let's say Nathan's going to charge us a thousand dollars for something. We can charge the client 1100 and take a hundred dollar profit, or Mm -hmm. we can charge the client 5,000 and take a 4,000 profit. And Nathan, you don't care because you've set your rate already, something that's fair and what you feel like you deserve. And they can fluctuate on how much they charge the client. And you don't even have to be involved in that. And so yeah, I really like that's this. the benefit. That's yeah. the benefit. That's why, like when you when you originally mentioned an 80-20 where Nathan, you get 80% and the agency gets 20, that will never happen. Yeah. First you of all, why? they'll hate that deal. They will hate the deal. Yeah. That will never happen. And because and I will tell you, it is a lot less expensive to pay. It doesn't even matter what your fee is. It's a lot less expensive to pay you to build a website than it is to obtain a new client. So that's why that that's not proportioned right. It costs a it costs a lot more to obtain a client than it does to actually build a website for a client. Oh, I yeah. think I, yeah, I agree. And I definitely thought I was getting the better end of that deal, and I kind of was like, <laughs> "Wait a second, I don't feel like this is fair for them because they're my friends, and I I actually care for them and whatnot." Um, but it's. Uh, one of the things that we did talk about, which I thought I might throw into the mix, is that I'm not going to be charging monthly for their websites. It's just going to be upfront, so it's going to be yeah. I do the same thing too. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's different. I think I think it's different when you're white labeling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that makes total sense to me. And then they can bill it out to their clients however they want. If they want to do yeah. a monthly thing or an upfront thing, whatever. Yeah. You essentially, That's I smart. think. When you're subcontracting, that makes total sense to me. You you're just you are an expense on their list of expenses, right? Mm-hmm. Contractors, and well, it's like, well, we need to pay Nathan, you know, three grand for every website that he builds for us, or whatever it looks like. Well, here's here's why. Here's why I, I Nathan, I'm glad you did that because here's why it does not make sense to do it monthly with a with an agency where you have zero contact with clients is because you cannot control the client service. Right? Does that make sense? Mm. So yeah, you, can, yeah. you don't control the lifetime of the of the client, yep. the lifetime value of the client. They do. And they I do. don't I I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't do it uh, I wouldn't do something over 2 years unless I had 100% direct control over how that client is treated. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Um, well, Nathan, where where do we take it from here? I think this has been this has been eye opening for me a bit to consider this. Uh, but but what's still missing? Where do we where do we take the conversation? Um, well, the thing is, is that I kind of 
through this idea around when I was chatting to somebody and then somebody else has essentially come along and wanted to do something very similar to what I've kind of worked out with these guys in Sydney. Um, I, To be honest, I'm trying to, I find it a bit messy and I don't really like the whole idea. I would prefer to kind of be more partnered and part of a team to kind of make make this sort of happen. Um, what are ways that you can do that as more of or like individually, but not like this white label thing? Is there a way that you can kind of do this as kind of like an affiliate? So how does that kind mm. of work? And like, if I get a client from them, do I give them like, like a thank you amount of money that is to say like, hey, you gave me this client, thank you for that. And yeah, in some like, industries, what? they might call this like a finder's fee or something um, where you you, sh- you give them a percentage of the job or something if they send a client to you. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, and if so, what sort of percentage are we talking about? Yeah, that's a good question. I, Clay, have you ever uh, done that? You know, I tried to do this and it was never successful. And when I say that, there's a couple ways you can do this or try to do this. One is you can come up with like an affiliate program or a finder's fee program, whatever. Um, I think like 10% is fine. If you go anything above that, you're, you are definitely eating into your profit margin. Um, <clears throat> so 10% of whatever the entire contract is. I'm not a fan of that, just to, to be honest. Um, that's one way and you can promote the affiliate program to try to get people to refer you. Here's the reality. People are not going to refer you because you have an affiliate program. They're just not. They're going to refer you because you do good work and you have good service and they actually like you as a person. Um, so just the fact that you have an affiliate program, people are not going to refer you because of that by itself. Um, so, I mean, People try to do it that way in, in, in this industry. I don't think it works in general. Um, the other way is what you could do is you can have it have this program, but not publicly. So if somebody refers you business because they just like you and your work is good, then you send them you can send them a check for how, you know the 10% or whatever. As, a, as an aftermath, like they were not expecting it. So that, to me, there's a difference, right? There's a difference between someone referring you business because you have an affiliate program, they want to get paid versus someone referring you because they actually think it would be a good fit and then they get a, a check in the mail that's unexpected. Um, if you're going to do an affiliate program, that's the way I would do it. And... Honestly, I wouldn't even do it that way. I would do it this third option. If somebody were to to send you a client, I wouldn't I wouldn't write a check because if somebody referred you a client just because you are just good at what you do, they don't really care about the money. Now, would it be nice to have sure, that, but they don't really care. Like they don't not they're not expecting it. What would go a long way instead? is to buy them a really, really good gift. That's not a check. That goes 10 times further. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think that would work if it was like a one-off sort of deal. But um, what the the circumstance that I'm looking at with this uh, affiliate partnership is where they run an event company and they want to uh, outsource um, uh, like people that like music artists to come to me to get a website for their touring and all of that sort of stuff. Oh, got it. So it would be like a continual like, hey, we'll send you like a client whenever, you know, but it wouldn't, you know what I mean? So I'm I'm like, you know, feeding them. Yeah. (laughs) In that case then, um, yeah, I I would, I guess an affiliate program would make sense on paper at that point. I thought you were thinking about like just in general people trying trying to get more business by creating an affiliate program. But for for something like this where you guys share kind of similar target audience. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and where it's already um, where it's already set up. Uh Yeah. And you you're like already in in discussions potentially with them. And they've the you know, we're calling it an affiliate program. It's really just like it's a referral yeah, program. It's it's a referral. It's like a referral partner. We've talked about referral partners before on the show. It's it's like a finder's fee or a, a yeah, an acquisition cost or something. Yeah. But I yeah I mean I'd be inclined to just just um yeah give them give them ten fifteen twenty percent whatever you feel like and and then just work it into the price um and do a few of them and see if it pans out if the if the musicians actually come your way and want the work and are willing to pay and because you know that can be a tough audience too uh low cash flow and so yeah it's definitely worth trying though I don't know does that answer some of your questions around that Nathan Yeah certainly um I just had very little ideas surrounding how to actually engage in these sorts of things because I've, I've not really um yeah had these sorts of partnerships especially the white labeling stuff i'm like i have no idea this is very very unclear for me yeah the so, white the white labeling i would encourage you to to think through how that might just look like a, a subcontractor or contractor relationship to me that makes the most sense yeah. um yeah. White labeling, white labeling. When you say white labeling to me, that that feels like you're going to be interfacing with the client, and that's not really what they're asking. I don't think it sounds like. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? So you're really just subcontracting the actual service work. Yes. Um, and and then you don't have to worry about percentages. They're just hiring you. You know, when I build a house, I hire the tile guy, and he just has a rate, and we don't split the cost of the house or whatever. I just pay him however much to do the tile and then I pay the paint guy, however much to do the paint. And then I pay the flooring guy to do the flooring and they just have their rate. And I just say, great, I agree to that rate. I'll pay you that. And then I can sell the house for whatever I want. Yeah, totally. Right. Good. What, I mean, we're, we're coming up short on time here, but is there anything else, Nathan, that you want to, you want to chat about before we're done with our call here today? Oh my goodness! I got so much to talk about. We've only scratched the surface. <laughs> Lay it on us, man. Let's see if we can do them a little bit quicker here. What can we? What can we do? Um. Oh gosh. Uh. Well. Talk clay. Uh. Now, because I, I love your um your your concept of the monthly service and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to really um build that into my uh my my services um and trying to make that all work. Um. 
so you're doing because it's I haven't really picked up exactly on the 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 specifics, and maybe you are not wanting to share the specifics of the way that you kind of go I'll about share it. Those. Amazing. So um, some of the ideas that I was looking around is uh, doing the twelve month or twenty four month terms. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what sort of um, service are you providing? Are you building like a fully custom job every single time, or is it? kind of like pulling out of the bag of tricks that you've already kind of got there and um, kind of uh, adapting it to the particular client's needs. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. There's, I, I'm just really curious about how you're going about that sort of process. Yeah, so here's what I did. Um, so everything I did was on WordPress. Um, so everything's, you know, easily, you can easily like replicate things. So what I did was I had a I had a website that had all the core things on it. So all the core plugins, all the like the theme, all my settings, everything that I know is going to be exactly the same uh, for every single website. And I use that as a blueprint. And that would be my starting point. Now, with with the uh, what I would do, though, is if I have a if I signed up a client and I'm like, Oh, okay, their style is going to be similar to client A. I would actually go and duplicate client A's website, but then change it from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfectly. That's what, yeah. I, that's what I am pretty much doing. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like take that exact same design and say, hey, like I'm reusing this design. It's just a it's just an easier starting point that would save me hours and hours. And then by the time I'm done, it looks like a completely it looks like a different website, but like, you know, you know, from as well as I do, like uh, on the back end, there's just a lot of things that are the same, you know, so you don't have to like spend your time duplicating certain elements. Um, but from a client's perspective, it looks different from from this other website that I duplicated from. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I would do that um, just to speed my my process of actually building the site. And then... Um, from a from a uh, like just administrative perspective, uh, are, did you ask about that or no? No, but I'm uh, all ears. Okay, so I I would do a 24 month uh, agreement. Now the way I did it was it was not they were not financially obligated to pay the full full 24 months. This is what all my web friends told me I was effing crazy for. Um, among other things, uh, but it worked. So if somebody wanted to like buy a website for me, I'd be like, okay, it's 24 month agreement. However, you're not financially obligated to pay me for the full 24 months. If you want to quit after six months or nine months or three months or whatever you can, the difference is, is the transfer of ownership on the design doesn't happen until the 24th month. So if they quit, because for whatever reason, I know life happens, right? Maybe their business got shut down or whatever. Um, if they quit, then they don't have you don't have to go through the whole mess of like, oh, sorry, you owe me 18 months worth of payments because you signed on a piece of paper that you actually said you're gonna pay. Like I don't I didn't want to go through all that. It just wasn't worth it to me. Um and so but the diff but the, the caveat to that was is that if they quit before the 24th month. That design is mine. I get to salvage it and perhaps maybe use it on a different project. 
And so they can't just quit before the 24 months and say, oh, yeah, I, I, I own the website, but I only paid you six months worth. Um, so that was that's the way I did it. Um, and I chose 24 months versus 12 because 24 months, two years is about it's about it's a good amount. Like that's an ideal amount of time for for a client to say, hey, it's time to kind of let's just like do a little bit of revamp on the website. Because you didn't, you know, you need to give your website a little facelift every couple, two, three years. And so that was just another like selling point at that point for me. Um, so they they paid, you know, X number of dollars a month for 24 months. And then if they if they decide that they just want to keep that same design after that, then it just gets lowered. Um, so let's just say it's $250 a month for, for 24 months, and then it would go down to $99 a month after that. Or at the end of the 24 months, that was an opportunity for me to sell them a re a revamp, a redesign. And so we would just renew the 24-month agreement again, and I, re- I would rebuild the site. Um, and so it was a natural, to me, it was a natural thing to do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I included unlimited uh, content updates. That's the key word, though, is content updates. Um, it was not design changes. It was not functional changes like a, adding a shopping, shopping cart um, or e-commerce or a membership site. It was just... You need to change some words or switch out a photo or upload a blog, just that kind of stuff. So that's the way I set it up and it it was highly successful. Yeah, right. And um, when it came to like uh, retaining those clients, like how many how many dropped out of the 24 months? Was it like a common or an uncommon occurrence? Uncommon, about 3%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Here's the key, though. Um, those it it uh, this is this is why I decided to not make them financially obligated in a stuck in a 24 month contract. Reason number one, it's a hell of a lot easier to sell. Yeah, definitely. Because if you tell somebody, "Hey, sign this," you're stuck. You're stuck with me for 24 months legally, right? Um, that's harder to sell. So that's number one. Number two, I was confident in my ability to be able to keep them over the next 24 months just based off my service. Right? I mean, everybody is. As long as you as long as you're not going to be a dick and like and just once you once the site gets launched and then you're you're a ghost, like don't do that. But as long as you don't do that, you should be you should be able to keep your your website client for a long time uh, because websites are sticky. You know, people don't just switch websites every month. Um, You got to, they have to have a really, really good reason to leave you. Um, But that's why I did unlimited content updates. And I combined that with those updates were done within one business day. Wow. Wow. Um, so I've kind of gone off something really similar and it's kind of great because I didn't actually know about all of those sorts of details that you've kind of laid out, but I kind of just came up with something really, really similar, except it is a lock-in deal. So I'm going to have to revisit that and have a think about that because that sounds like a much easier sell. Um, it but- is, yeah. I mean, as long as, you're, as long as you're confident that you're going to provide the service. Yeah you know, to your clients, then who cares? You know, like they're not going to leave. They're not. 
<laughs> yeah, just, true. I don't know. I don't know why people are stuck on like, I need to get my clients to sign a two year deal so I can lock them in. I'm like, why don't you just lock them in with your service instead of a piece of paper? I love that mentality. That's fantastic. I think too, when we work in web, like it can be really easy to, to forget how complicated people feel like the web is like the idea of completely revamping their website or finding a new web designer or Mm -hmm. switching, like switching anything. Like once the website's up and running for a lot of businesses, they're like, don't touch it. Don't want to break it, you know? And, and so it is an extremely sticky business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when they find someone they love, they will never leave. Yep. Well, that's super, super helpful. Um, and then I guess I just have one final <laughs> little question yeah, around let's do pricing. Because um, I know that you've got um, to head off there, um, Preston. Um, so we've got uh, the... Um, so I've got kind of like these basic sorts of packages on my services page, on my website. Um, so I've just kind of... I don't know whether this is... So I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know whether this is like viable. I'm. I've. I've been. Wor- I've worked a lot in um, uh, nonprofits and uh, for charities. So a lot of the work that I've done has been volunteer over the last ten years. So pricing for me has always been something that's been super tricky because I haven't been on like client side and been more in house for a long, long time. So I'm really, this is something that I, I think I've probably got to work through. So especially when it comes to the monthly sort of stuff. Um, so um, I was looking at the base price over 12 months is uh, 218 US dollars a month. And then mm-hmm. the next one is 383 uh us a month and then a corporate package is 826 a month and then there's a whole range of different things that those include so um sorry uh, this is on my services page on web astro are you just wondering if those prices yeah they seem like they're like reasonable like i don't know like because i think it's different than like charging an upfront cost for the website it's uh, i include hosting i include Mm -hmm. like your email your domain i wanted to make it as easy for the client as possible yeah where essentially they just pay the one thing they get everything Mm yeah i think that's a smart question so i just don't even know like like what sort of like what what whether it's a good price whether it seems like reasonable Mm. within the market like because i don't i haven't found anybody that charges monthly for websites ever so (laughs) can i ask you um what makes you ask whether these are reasonable uh whether it sits right within the context of the market because that's that's more of where i'm what makes you question that though uh, not having enough information. About are you market? having? Are you having? 
pushback? Have you pitched this? Let me ask you that. Have you pitched these yet? Yeah. How What's is it? the response? It's been it's been mixed. What's okay? Uh, how many times have you pitched this? Like four times over the how last month. How many have you sold? And what's the breakdown? Yeah, uh, like fifty-fifty. So two clients have picked this up. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let me let me say this. Let me say this about about pricing. Yeah. You're if if you if you are pitching your services, let's just say at a ten, and nine out of ten or eight out of ten are buying it, you're priced too low. But if you're pitching your services and you're only pitching or you're only selling one or two out of 10, then you're either priced too high or you just suck at sales. Um, so you want something in the middle. You want it, You want there to be some pushback, but you also, you know, you, you need to be selling more than just one out of 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so if is- you're selling, I mean, I know, I know you've only pitched it to four people. You know that your data set's not very high. No, but yeah. based off what you're telling me, like two out of four, like bought it. Like based off that, it sounds fine. Yeah, this is this is always our advice on pricing, or at least always my advice on pricing, and that is choose a rate that sounds reasonable, and then start pitching it a lot. Like you do need more than four. It's only um, been a month, mate. It's only been a month. That, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. To, as as you continue, you'll have more data, right? Um, so, so the more data you get, the better this will be. Because what you need to do is continually pitch this price, and um, and like Clay's saying, if if you start to get too many, if if it's too easy, you raise your price, and then you follow, then you start over and you start pitching it again, and again. If it's still too easy, mm-hmm. you raise your price again. And then you start over and you collect more data. And then if it's still too easy and you do that until there starts to be pushback and there's going to be a little bit of pushback, you might be at that 50, 50 mark. And so you might be ahead of the game. You might, depending on, you know, if you had 10 more data points and it would continue to be about 50, 50, then maybe you're at the point where you just raise it just a little bit more, or maybe you wait a year and raise it or something like that. Um, but, but yeah, you, the idea is we can't tell you like, we wish we could, you know, magically say, here's what the market will bear. Markets are so different, right? Mm-hmm. Not only geographically, locally, um, culturally, but also like depending on who your clients are. I mean, you know, a, a corporate client's going to be able to pay more for a website than a, a musician, a solo musician or something, or a small band. Like there's just, there's just so much to consider in it. And so you have to start, you just have to start experimenting and then you'll you'll eventually start to feel like okay I'm getting way too much pushback I can't move I can't move my product basically and and then you got to pull back about that spot I'd say so yeah I, I like Clay's sort of more mathematical approach but I've always just done like raise my prices until the market literally won't bear it anymore and they just tell me by not purchasing it mm-hmm. if you have some pushback on this I would consider moving to a 24 month versus 12 yeah i'm already considering it yeah it is interesting when you buy you know when you buy a phone or a car or anything or even like zillow when you're looking at homes these days everything is it's not like what's the final price it's what am i going to pay monthly right people are on a monthly it's like the netflix thing has caused everyone to think what can i afford month over month and so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like you could say five hundred dollars a month for twelve months, or you could say three hundred dollars a month for twenty four months, and and people are going to think that it's cheaper because it's lower per month or it's more affordable. And it is sometimes like it's easier to fit into your cash flow and and sometimes makes more sense for businesses. So, yep, amazing, amazing. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for your your time. I really, really appreciate it. You guys are fantastic and I love what you guys have done with the podcast. It's been a great encouragement to me and um, nice. it's really helped me take the step to um, trying to become a founder. So, um, really appreciate <laughs> it, guys. Well, you are well on your way. Yeah. We're excited to see where your business ends up and thank you. Yeah, thanks for the kind words. Thanks for listening. Um, for everyone else listening to the show, why don't you really quickly remind them where they can find you? Maybe they want to hire you, subcontract with you, anything like that. Um, well, maybe I could hire you. Um, <laughs> there you so, go. Uh, there you yeah, go. you can um, reach out to me at webastro.co. Um, and, and my email is hey at webastro.co. And I am looking for a Divi WordPress developer. So anyways. Um, nice. There you go. Anyways, uh, there's tons of them. Yeah, totally, totally. So, anyways, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Great. A lot. Yeah, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. I've been Preston with Milo.co, Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Thank you so much for the great insight today, Clay. Really appreciate it, man. Cool. All right, guys. See, See you later. Ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Poglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course, our podcasting partner, The Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at freelancetofounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible. To stream past episodes, visit freelancetofounder.com or search Freelance to Founder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.